You are now tuned in to the December 26th podcast, where we encourage you to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Hey, 26er family, welcome to another episode of the December 26er podcast. I am your host, Delisha, and we are finally getting around to recording another episode of Extraordinary Occurrences with our producer, Demarcus Adisa. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, Today has been a long day, um, but probably since (laughs) we did the last Extraordinary Occurrences, everything has been long, really. Yeah, like I know we we try to do these on like a four to five week uh, schedule, but life has just been crazy. It's been a lot happening. Um, And we had some good episodes in the can that we we released, but it was about that time. About that time. Wow. Tad out. Watch out now. (laughs) It's the little one and I'm not Bow Wow. Starting early, I see. We back. So what do you want to kick off with? Um, let's kick off with the disaster. Okay. Oh man, I'm about to like shed a single tear while talking about this. So the last time we recorded the Extraordinary Occurrences uh, feature, we talked about how we were working on some rebranding and like, we're really excited about that. So if you're an avid listener of the show, you know that all summer we did check-ins, um, with our former guests. But while we were doing those check-ins, we were actively working on a rebrand with the expectation that the rebrand would launch once we wrapped up those check-ins and started to uh, release the episodes that we were still recording while we were doing the check-ins. And everything was going according to plan until, and I'll let you take it from here. Dun, dun, dun. Everything was going according to plan until my external hard drive crashed. So and to in order to save space um, and to make the workflow easier, all the rebrand was done on its own per- personal external hard drive. And I go to open up a file one day and the hard drive just doesn't open, just refuses to open, eject it, plug it back in. It doesn't even read the hard drive anymore. So, you know, I made a few phone calls after, you know, shouting a bunch of obscenities. Um, I made a few phone calls and asked around, dropped it in the mail to a place to say, yeah, 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 we can fix it. You know, after $95 later in a phone call, they wanted what, like $1,500 to restore the drive. Um, so that thing is sitting right now in the U.S. <laughs> USPS overnight box downstairs on the shelf trying to figure out how we can revive that drive. Oh my God. I mean, at this point, it, it's a matter of, does anybody want to spend $1,500 <laughs> to retrieve what is on the hard drive? Because, well, let's be clear. It wasn't just that on the hard drive. You had some other stuff on there and thank God that was backed up somewhere else. Oh my God. So, um, yes, I had, I was working on a few different projects. Most importantly, I was working on a wedding video for a dear friend of mine. Shout out to the High Towers. Congratulations. I think they rolling up on their what second month being married. Um, but the entire wedding recap video was on the drive and it got erased along with everything else that was corrupted. But due to our Lord and Savior, <laughs> due to our Lord and Savior, Denzel Washington, Things came through, was backed up, <laughs> and I, I was able to recreate the video. Oh my God, I was like, I, 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 I almost thought about smoking cigarettes. I, I almost bought a pack of Newports until I realized that I had already backed up that footage somewhere else. Thank God, because that would have been a hard phone call to make. Right, like it's it's one thing, and that's the the silver lining. You know me, always trying to find the positive in every situation. Yes, is it hard? to lose hours upon hours upon hours of work and sweat equity that you put in for our rebrand. Yes. But the fact that the projects that you were working on that you can't get back, if it were on there and not anywhere else, you would not have been able to get back. So for me, the silver lining is that, that you were able to retrieve that, that work from somewhere else. Right. And it, you know, it was terrible to have to put those hours in because I was almost finished with that video having to start over again. But I mean, like you said, it was, that was a silver line. I'd rather have to start something over again t- than to make that phone call. Like, Hey, remember the video I was supposed to be doing? I lost everything. Right. And what's so crazy is the photographer from their wedding lost all the photos. So literally all they have is cell phone 
pictures and whatever I videotape from their work. That's what's so crazy. The fact that had that footage not been anywhere else, all record, professional record of their wedding would have been lost. Man, listen, if that would have been, if that would have happened, I would have been able to step foot in Fulton County ever again. You need to pay, send in an offering somewhere or something. Cause, uh, <laughs> You got a miracle on that day. I'd send an offer to the church of Denzel. <laughs> what is this Denzel reference? <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm a uh, TD Jakes, man. I got you. <laughs> Put something off in the mail. Yeah, so that has been crazy. And, and I think what's even crazier is just now not really having the time, not having had the time to recreate the rebrand. That was just so nuts, right? Like we tried to plan for it. We set up for it. You had worked on it. We were like ready to go. And I think we dropped one episode with the new layout. Right. And it, it was so wild is there was the other format too for just the intro and everything. The intros, everything. We the did. Cover yeah, art, we did new intros. Ev- everything. Moving gone. cover art. Everything is gone. So that has been a tough pill um, <laughs> to swallow. But... You know what? It makes for for great stories. And, you know, it's one of those things where like now, you know, I back up things like incessantly because I'm just paranoid. But um, you just kind of think, what are the chances of a hard drive that has not been moved actually getting corrupted when you're not doing like you're not downloading anything from the Internet? It's literally just projects on an external hard drive. But so eventually we, we are going to recreate uh some things uh yes that's gonna happen but in the interim (laughs) oh man we're just kind of taking it day by day but on a brighter note um two great things have happened with the show in that if you've again if you're a long-time listener you know that i bought a house last year last spring and have been in like various stages of renovation and the studio room is done So that's great because now we have um, a dedicated recording space that has been like outfitted for the most part for recording and all that other stuff. Now it's a lot of equipment that has to be bought and some other things, but like that's moving forward. So that's that's exciting. Yeah, that's really exciting. Having a dedicated space to work in, um, to put equipment in, leave stuff set up and it not be in the way of anything or not having to worry about somebody coming through the house, knocking something over. Right. So I'm excited about that. And we have finally outsourced some of the administrative tasks with this show. Oh, AK Tenable. <laughs> Shout out to Lawrence Aja, who's a former guest. Um, I've also appeared on his show. I don't think that episode has dropped yet, but it was something that we had been talking about. But as we were coordinating with Lawrence, he was working with an outside resource who really handled all the back and forth. And I just noted how great it was, right, to uh, have somebody whose sole job was to to get this set up. So I reached out to him. He was the connect. The person that he was working with connected us with someone who has been a huge help to us. Uh, we had like a backlog of just people who have been referred or different places in the pipeline. Maybe we connected with them at, at one point, but never got on their calendar. So we're actually now... Um, Marcus is back knee deep and having preliminary conversations with a lot of prospective guests. So I'm excited about what we have coming up for sure. For sure. You just reminded me. I got to make sure nobody is trying to call me. Oh, I need to call anybody tomorrow (laughs) tomorrow, because I got things to do during the day. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited about um, moving forward with with that and getting through all these people that we've had in the pipeline um, and planning and moving better. Yeah. I mean, I think we've been talking about it for a while and, you know, I, I pride myself on being somebody who can manage a lot, can juggle a lot. And I think we have sort of looked at this show as like, oh, we're not, we haven't monetized yet. So let's just keep expenses as low as possible. Because if you do a podcast, you know that it costs money, even if it's just hosting, data storage, you know, um, online storage, you know, our... (laughs) rebranding was not online, but we have to store these episodes. We pay an editor because it's just more efficient to do so, to have somebody that's dedicated to that SoundCloud feeds. Like it's a lot that goes into this in addition to the the sweat equity. So even though we have been talking about it, I think it was like, oh, do we want another expense? But we're at the point now where the show, you know, we're marching towards four years, right? Mm. Is it four years? Yeah. Yeah. So 
Um, with that being said, obviously we're committed and we have a multi-year, multi-phased strategy for it. So it, it requires an investment. And I think it requires an investment for our own time management, our own sanity, our own self-care. Uh, as as many of you know, we have other projects and other things and other careers going on. Um, and it, it's not just the show. I mean, there are other things that I particularly needed help with. And I really had to like free myself from this idea that like I can manage everything or I don't want another line item in my budget. What am I going to have this person do? But when I really started to track how many things I do in a week and how many things you do in a week and how many of those things that somebody can else somebody else can do and what that team time could be dedicated to uh, that can create opportunities to monetize other things or just really grow the show. Um, it just became evident that it was the right move to make. And I'm so happy we did it. It's really it's really hard to balance Everything that you need to do, especially if you're, you know, working a nine to five and you're involved in other endeavors on top of the show. The show is really a full time job in itself. If you're booking people, vetting people, cover art, creating clip, all these other things, that's a full time job. Chopping up one episode that's an hour. That means you might have to watch that episode or listen to that episode three, four hours and create those clips. Each one of those clips have their own art that goes with them. Captions, all this, it, all this stuff takes time on top of backing those things up and loading them on their respective platforms. Right. And, and that's just one piece of the whole life cycle of an episode. Yeah. So I think, you know, we try to do the best we can from a consistency perspective, but, you know, behind the scenes, well, they don't really reach out to me because I don't, I don't talk to a lot of people outside of just the interview like you do, but people reach out like, can I get my clips? Can I get my clips? Because of course it's a marketing opportunity Mm -hmm. for them, but not realizing that we've been a two person team with yes, an editor, right. Who just does the audio, but everything else you've been pretty much managing. Right. So if the week gets crazy or there are other projects going on or real life happens, it can be difficult, right? It can be really difficult to keep up with that. But part of the rebranding was like, okay, how do we get some of the mundane sort of tedious tasks like scheduling or prepping people for the logistics of the show? How do we get that off our plates so that we can focus on like the substantive things that really grow the audience? Because the reality of it is, yes, those clips, all that stuff, uh, it increases engagement. Right. Not to mention all the episodes that I edited that were on that drive as well. See, I didn't even know that. (laughs) Yeah, there was a bunch of episodes and micro because, you know, trying to schedule stuff Mm -hmm. out and move smarter that, you know, disappeared with the drive. Yeah. I mean, I think it was crazy because at this point people might be listening and like, well, it might be worth the investment to try to get it to retrieve what's on it. The problem is you can pay the money and it may not come back. That's the thing. You know, if somebody wants to step up, you know, Patreon, cash at me, you know what I mean? Venmo me the money to get back the drive. Like, I'll I'll accept that. Listen. Well, anybody out here who's tech savvy that wants to volunteer their services, or we take donations. I got a 501c3. Yeah, let's, let's talk about Patreon for a minute because people have been saying this to me now for months. You guys need to be on Patreon. You guys need to be on Patreon. What are, what are your thoughts about Patreon? I think the thing about Patreon... Um, uh, typically, what I've seen with shows that have Patreon that offering exclusive content, right? So, you know, they're, you know, typically when somebody signs up for Patreon, they are expecting extra things. It's like VIP almost, right? So, you know, in my mind, and listeners, feel free to give feedback if you want to. Right now, we're not offering anything extra. So why would I charge anyone a monthly fee unless, you know, y'all want to get on your old school, you know, church move? Like, I just want to sew into your lives. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think I I think that's pretty much my thought as well. Like many people have mentioned this to me, like people need to be paying for this. And I I think the December 26th podcast is our gift to the world. I don't ever think that I'll put that I want to put that behind a paywall. Um, and I also don't feel inclined to, to to do the church thing, like just give what you can. And people have sent us money for the show and it is for much sure. appreciated. That money goes right back into producing sure. the show because this does cost. Shout out Joe Shane. Absolutely. Give Gordon Jackson, give him money. Didn't have to. Appreciate you all. Yeah, for sure. So, um, but we don't ask for it. Of course, we don't. Even like, shout out to the people who may not give money, but they give us their products, right? Or send gifts or things like that um, as well as a thank you. 
Much appreciated. I think there'll come a time where maybe Patreon makes sense. And we do have ideas about other content, even though I don't think about putting it behind a paywall as well. Um, but it's just like creating the space for it. So this this show and the money that has been put into the show and continues to be put into the show. Listen, it is a labor of love. I'm not going to lie about that. When I look at like <laughs> the money at the end of the year, uh, when we do accounting and when I think about what could have been done with that money. Yeah, it, it's I won't say it hurts because we do it because we want to do it, but it, it absolutely is a sacrifice. Right. And we have to be thinking about where this show is going and where we want it to go, which is why the rebranding was so important and why it was a ske- you know was scheduled and planned for and why it hurts so much that we've been set back um, a little bit. But it makes for makes for a great, interesting story, I guess. All the setbacks, the troubles and the heartache. <laughs> there have been many. There have yeah. been many. But yeah, I'm not like I'm a member of, of Patreon, like somebody else's Patreon. I think it's a great concept and a great way for creatives to uh, have people investing in the content that they put out. I just am not ready to do it until I feel like we have other things that warrant that. Right. For sure. Maybe we're selling ourselves. Sure. I don't know. Maybe. But I I just there's a lot of snake oil salesmen out there and finessers and shysters and hustlers. And I never want to be a part of that crowd. I want to feel like. I'm offering somebody value if I'm charging them a fee or something. Yeah, for sure. But I'm also like in due time, you know, and, and, you know, I have thoughts about, okay, where's the show going? What's our, what's our next year's plan? What's the plan for the year after that? That's just who I am naturally. Um, But at the same time, I don't feel the need to rush, rush anything or force anything because the December 26th year podcast is not the thing that pays, it's not the business that pays me. And I'm okay with that right now. Right. And I think what we said before, I think a lot of our content is evergreen content. It's not of the moment of the day. It's things that apply three years ago when it was recorded. I think it's a lot of things that'll apply 10 years from now. Um, And whenever it hits and it gets its traction the way we would like, that people will go back and revisit. Yeah. And I mean, we have indicators of that now. Like people discovering us for one reason or another. And then I'll I'll log in to look at the insights for the week and it'll be like this insane uptick in listens. And it's generally tracked back to one person having posted something or, or what have you. And then people are going back and listening to content that we put out two years ago. Um, so that to me is like a reminder um, that we are on the right track for sure. And that what we do is here to stay. It's not a flash in the pan thing of the moment. And that's the one thing I can say, despite the, the setback with rebranding and all of that, I'm proud of the fact that like through everything, just in the last year that we've been through, that we haven't missed an episode. Right. That's kind of crazy um, that we haven't through everything that's occurred in this past year. And I think not to change top topics, but I think it's relevant, like with Aisha's passing, right? Like she passed away. Um, what was that? Was that July or July? Beginning of July. Yeah. Um, and like, she's someone who, you know, she talked about on an episode, just taking her time, doing meaningful things and being intentional about the things that she did and why it's tragic that she passed so young before she could fully reach all her potential and roll out a lot of things that she wants to. The things that she left behind are amazing. Right. And she didn't leave any garbage behind. People are going to revisit those things, those conversations that she had, and it's going to inspire people to do other things and build upon them. Yeah. I mean, we, we haven't recorded an extraordinary occurrences since that happened. I think we had dropped one right before. Um, but I, I'm still rocked by that. I mean, we, we spoke to Aisha over the summer and I, re- I remember having that conversation. It was great as usual. And we knew that she had something to do right after, right? So we were trying to end the episode on time. And I remember we stopped, we pressed stop on the recording and we were kind of just chit-chatting. And I said, um, hey, I know you have something else to get to, so don't want to keep you. And she said, oh, I have time. I have time. I told them, you know, I, I needed an additional um, time before coming on. And we just had those few minutes to really connect and, and talk offline. And when she was talking about the things that she had been working on, like you said, just taking her time and being in her lane and not feeling pressure to 
put things out for the sake of put putting them out. I remember coming off that call feeling like, oh my God, the the, the world is this woman's oyster. And we she has really only skimmed the surface of potential and what she's going to put out and how she's going to impact the world. Um, and to have that conversation and then not long after that, get the news of her passing, um, you know, having having experienced so much loss already in the last year, but that, that was the thing that really in some ways tipped me over the edge. And I don't know if it was because it was just so literally unbelievable that somebody who has put so much good out in the world has so much talent, literally her whole life in front of her, a meteor that, you know, that we felt was out of here. Like we haven't even seen, right. How far she's going to go. That, that her life could be snuffed out like that, um, it it really affected me very deeply, very deeply about not only what what is one's legacy and what are you what are you putting out into the world that will outlast you, but also the fragility of our any of our lives, any of our lives. It it all can change in an instant. That whining song tomorrow, tomorrow. Who promised you tomorrow? Right. It's, like, it's, there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee. And um, so I've been I've been thinking about that. I've been thinking about it um, a lot. And I was thinking about it before that, but it just has crystallized a lot of things for me. Um, and you you might think that when you know that tomorrow's not promised, it will force you to move even faster. Like, I don't know how much time I have left. I've got to get out my dreams. Um, but for me, the the impact that I think Aisha has had on me, even in her passing, has been the exact opposite. Like I have been going 100 miles an hour for much of my life. And I'm at a place now that so much has happened that I need time to process it. Yes. But also realizing the importance of self-care and being intentional, but also being intentional about slowing down when I need to. Oh, that's facts. That's the biggest effects. I think COVID showed me that because, you know, that was a, the world was on pause. But all the deaths and everything past these, these past, what, 15 months, maybe it's like slow down, take some time for yourself, take some time to enjoy yourself, spend some time with your loved ones, spend some time with your friends. Like work isn't the only thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think like that's why even... <laughs> Even, you know, my birthday passed on the 24th, even though I was in Georgia for work, I threw a whole barbecue like now. And you know me, I don't have birthday parties. It's like mm -hmm. I've never planned a birthday party in my life or whatever. But I'm like, shoot, it's my birthday this year. I'm not around my friends like that. Um, my friends in Georgia, at least. Like, why not celebrate? Mm -hmm. Why not spend some time about around some people I really care about? And it, and again, it. it it's what works for you, what's meaningful and remembering for you. Because, you know, some people like taking trips. Some people like, you know, going to the club. But I'd much rather be in a control setting with people I care about. Right. For sure. Yeah. So I, um, you know, I, I and we're going to talk about a little bit later, sort of what we're in the middle of right now. But, yeah, for me, I, I just had to really take stock. And, and also, when I say slow down, it doesn't mean that my life has come to a grinding halt because it's actually quite the opposite. Uh, professionally, I think both of us have seen an uptick in output just in terms of career, but like everything else, like I have gotten really comfortable with telling people like, I'll get back to you. It may not be today. It might not be tomorrow, but I'll get back to you uh, and taking my time or having several projects, but feeling like I don't need to move them all forward right now. As you know, people call in a lot of favors from me as they do to you as well. Um, and somebody is always asking for guidance or insight or can I pick your brain? Uh, and I've been really selective about who I allow in my space like that. And it's not because I don't want to help because it's actually the opposite. I think for years I was just making myself available to everybody because I felt like that's what I had to do. Um, and But now I just realized it was at the expense of my own self-care, my own rest my own sanity in some instances. And if it's one thing I've realized over the last year is, is how thin I was spread before, before COVID, 
And now realizing how everything that has happened and all this loss and just the stress of it and everything um, has left me uh, not able to really push through in a way that I, I used to be. Like, it's very important for me to have certain boundaries now. And those boundaries really involve not being available to help any and everybody just because they they want me to or they expect me to. Um, so I'm just learning how to be more selective about my time and selective about how much I'm pouring out without giving myself a chance to really re- refill my tank. Right. Because this is everything that, you know, we're involved in in our individual lives is seven days a week. It ain't, there's no, there's no days. days. There are no off days. And I think people do not realize that. Right. Like I, you know, (laughs) we recording this episode right now. I'm supposed to be (laughs) heading to my mother's house, but I'm here because episode needs to come out or whatever. And it's like, I felt like I didn't even do that much today, but I did. Got up, (laughs) cut the grass, worked on some, getting some projects done. Um, had a few phone calls that I needed to return, went to the grocery store, came back, and here we are. <laughs> it is constant. It It is really, really constant. And, you know, I, I think a lot of what we do is, is it's things that we are passionate about, but also real life doesn't stop, right? So it's like you got to keep the everyday stuff going. Um, and then you got to keep your work stuff, the stuff that pays you, and all this other stuff as well. And that, that's why I really got to the point where I was like, you know, I just need to be more selective about who I'm granting favors to. It's nothing personal. It's just, you know, I think sometimes people, and I think the, the kind of person that listens to the December 26er podcast can relate to this, right? I feel like our community of guests and listeners represent a certain demographic. It's people that are reliable. They show up for others. People know that they can call them. And they're going to know somebody who knows somebody or they're going to have advice or have an idea or help you talk through things. All that is great um, and it's honorable. But I think a lot of times we are there for other people to our own detriment. And it's not it may not be the popular thing to say, particularly in the black community, because you're expected to just show up like you're expected to be there for everything. Whatever ever someone is calling on you to do, you're expected to be there. And I'm learning to get over that. I'm learning to get over. I I still pour out a lot. But there was a point where I was like, okay, how much of this am I doing? Because I feel like I have to and I don't want to like upset people uh, versus something that I really, really want to do. And I realized I was doing more that I actually resented than more than, you know, that was more than the things that I actually wanted to do and like dedicate my time and energy to. And it's another reason why I don't have a problem. Like when I ask, when I call in a favor and somebody's like, I can't do it. I'm like, okay, that that's fine. You, you, you know, and I think sometimes we take offense, like we take it personally. If somebody, um, can't give you what you've given to them, especially if it's like what you think should be a reciprocal relationship. And that's another thing. Another reason why if I'm only going to do something if I want to do it, because if I'm doing it with the expectation that you're also going to return the favor, half the time you're setting yourself up for disappointment and failure. That's my philosophy on life. (laughs) Never do in any aspect of your life, never do anything you don't want to do. There's certain people that you're going to break that rule for, i.e. loved ones, best friends, close friends, but people who fall within a a certain circle. But that should be a short list of people. You can't do that for everybody. It's just not, it's not real. It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable at all. You know, you know, people like to, you know, have these theories, but that's not real life. Like this movie, you only have so much bandwidth. Yeah. That, that's it. It's like Netflix. Like you can only have oh so many users. You can't give everybody (laughs) password. It's you know the, that's mean? a great analogy. That is a great analogy. Remember back in the day when you used to share the code and you had to call like, "Hey man, get off, yes. get off my Netflix." Oh my bad. Like, and <laughs> you had to call someone like, "You on Netflix?" Yeah. Like I'm trying to watch something. Okay, I'm gonna get off. But it it really is the truth. Like they only allow you oh so many users now. Right. And you know, depending on what's going on in your life, then user profiles change. It's the truth. And you know, I I talk to a lot of people who secretly are just like so done with that and just complaining about being pulled from so many different directions. I have so many obligations and this and that. And my fraternity is asking me for this. And this person in the church needs this and my family needs this. Um, And that's not going to change unless you 
as the individual, put your foot down and say, I can't. And it's okay to say that. Like you got to relinquish yourself from the guilt of having to t- tell people no too. Right. You know, it's, it, it means that you're going to disappoint people sometimes. It means that you're going to let them down. And one thing that my therapist says, which I love, is that we're resilient people. And that resilience means that somebody can get over you letting them down as well. That's a bar. <laughs> so yeah. that's where I am. You tough, right? <laughs> You'd be all right. I'm, I'm allowing people to uh, be resilient and, and sometimes being disappointed by me, you know, and people are not used to that when they're, when, when you're a person that always shows up and always like stretches, it stays up the extra hour, does whatever you need to do. People are caught off guard when you make a new choice. But I, I just realized for me, like, and it's a shame that it's taken this much loss to get to this point. But I just realized for me that something had to change. And if I want to get the proper rest and want to present the best version of myself to the world, it was just going to take saying no a little bit more. No. (laughs) It's just, yeah. So um, that's where I am. And when I, when I leave here, when it's it's my time, I don't want it to be just about, um, oh, she was always there. Everybody always says that. And that's great. But also I want people to say that like she lived a life that she enjoyed Right. And not just about what you do, but the self-care piece of it and knowing that you're worthy, you're worthy of rest, you're worthy of t- downtime, you're worthy of just like doing something because you want to do it. Like, <laughs> you know, um, it doesn't have to have some deep meaning or some driver or some some major end result. Just giving yourself that time and space to just be. And that um, is something that's hit me really hard as of late. And uh, yeah, so I'm just trying to engage, continue on that path. I feel like we've talked about some version of this over the, the course of the pandemic. But this lesson, like I continue to learn, it keeps coming to me in different in different forms. And it's pushing me in, in terms of growth and evolution for myself as well. We've definitely had this conversation before, but I mean, ain't nothing wrong with doubling down on a conversation or um, exploring a different piece of it, newfound revelations. I mean, people talk about nonsense every week, the same nonsense right. every week. So, um, you know, reiterating something or like I said, adding on to an existing idea, I don't necessarily see anything wrong with that. Yeah. So, I mean, and I think it was just reinforced um, in, in the process of paying tribute to Aisha, the importance of slowing down and just being in your lane. And sometimes being in your lane means not doing things at the pace that people demand them, demand of you or expect of you. That's what, like, uh, when I went down to work on that project, being in the country, it just felt good because it's not, it's nothing going on. Mm -hmm. Like it's, you know, for those of you who don't know, I went to the Fort Valley State University, which is about an hour and a half outside of Atlanta. And there's nothing out there but trees, peach orchards, um, cows, like just space. There's a chicken plant, Purdue plant, maybe 15, 20 minutes from the school and a bus plant, 10 minutes from the school in the other direction. But other than that, there's nothing there. But since there's nothing there, nobody is in a rush to do anything. Right. Everybody's just kind of like, ah, I get to it. And you forget about that being in the Northeast because everything up here is so... But there, everybody's just kind of like relaxed and they just take their time. And it was like refreshing to me mm-hmm. to just sit and just to be easy, take your time. Even people in the store. I mean, that can be annoying, though, because I ordered some food and they <laughs> took forever to give me my food. Yeah, you uh, think you're relaxed until uh, you got to wait 25 minutes yeah, for a simple for a plate. plate. The person back there yapping on the cell phone. But um, outside of that, like, I really enjoyed that time. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a great uh a great transition in that you you are spreading your wings professionally as well and got some good things in the pipeline. Yeah, some great things in the pipeline. I'm working with the school um, on, a, on a marketing campaign. I don't want to say too much, um, but it'll be launching pretty soon. I'm trying to raise awareness um, about uh, a few things for the school um, amongst the alumni. Get Most importantly, get people out active and involved with my alma mater. Um, so it's great. Um, it's a great thing to be a part of, especially um, it's, you know, working with anybody is interesting, but it's, 
it's different when you have a vested interest on, in something. So working on this podcast is different. Working on doing hosted things are different because we have a vested interest. And I, I didn't even think about it until I got there and I started interviewing people and going to the archives and doing research and stuff like that. It didn't even feel like work because it's my alma mater. I have a vested interest in a school. And I'm not really a person who really, it sounds horrible, but I don't really care about my high school. Like I mm-hmm. care about the high schools that I went to. I don't go back and visit. But, uh, you know, graduating from an HBCU, understanding the history, everything that went into the school being able to be created and the weather, the 125 years that it's been around. And then my own personal experiences, you know, on campus with the faculty, all the things people, you know, poured into me and all the chances people gave me. Sometimes I don't even know if I deserve them all the time, but like you really feel indebted. Right. Um, and you want to give back and contribute and pay it forward. It's a little bit different, you know. Some people feel like that about their high schools, but you know, I didn't really have that connection. I'm really didn't have too many teachers in high school that were like, Oh yeah, we're here for you. We got a vested interest. And plus it's a little bit different. You don't live there. <laughs> you know, you go home at the end of the day. But you know, in college you're there twenty four seven. I was really at school. You know, I probably was at school forty eight weeks out of the year, maybe. So um, it, it, it's amazing. It's been an amazing uh, experience uh, working on this project. Yeah, I do think this campaign is going to be a game changer for you. So I'm really, I'm really excited to to see it, it come out and see you flex your muscles, spread your wings a little bit from a creative standpoint and a production standpoint. So yes, cannot wait for for that to to drop for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been more so in stealth mode. I, you know, I don't, it's interesting because people know I'm a lawyer. I don't talk about the work that I do professionally. It's not hard to find. Uh, it's, it's, it's out there on the internet, but it's not something that I bring to the show for obvious reasons. But yeah, I um, I had a career change. Uh, well, a chapter change, I should say, in my career, also at the top of the pandemic, in addition to buying a house. Mm-hmm. Um and that's really exciting and it's accelerating um, and have been getting my company has been getting some really great press. Uh, so I'm sort of setting up for the next phase of lawyerdom, uh, which is really exciting. But it's a lot. It's, it's a lot of work. So so doing that um, has been great and it's challenged me and stretched me in new ways. Um, but it's, it's very exciting to be a part of something that's not only getting the press's attention, but it's only the tip of the iceberg to where we're going. Uh, and also, too, just having really important conversations about diversity and really setting things up to leave the door open behind me as well. So that's been great. And then on like the, the personal project front, I've sort of been in stealth mode, um, as you know, still writing, but working on a digital strategy for the book. So that's coming uh, as well. And I have recorded some episodes for other shows and those will be dropping probably in the next, I don't even know, in the next few weeks, but working on some other features as well. People always always come to me again, in addition to talking about Patreon, being like, we want to hear from you guys more. So um excited about doing those interviews from for other shows. Also, yeah, it's some it's some good things in the pipeline. I just, you know, th- it's definitely not moving at a pace. Like if this were two years ago, I'd be like, oh, things are moving so slowly. But I'm actually okay with it. I'm okay with the pace that things are moving at. I would agree. Um, because it's a lot. Um it is a lot to do all of these things on top of deal with your own personal life. When I get off this mic, I'm about to go cook dinner. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like, you know, you at the point of uh, Oprah where you got a whole staff supporting on you, supporting you, waiting on you hand and foot to help you do your everyday things of life. Like it's a pile of laundry on the corner of the bed right now. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's, you know, so that's why I don't, there, there are, People who come to us and be like, man, I want to start a podcast. How do I go about it? And seeking advice. Um, And we try to pass that information on whatever we have about how we set the show up. But it's not a lot of people who really stick with it. And I get it. I I understand why, because this is not a game. And when you've got a professional life and when you've got all these other things that you're into and if you have a family, all of that as well. Um, it really means like giving up the little bit of free time you might have left. 
And there it's like many a day is passionate. I'm about the work and about what we put out into the world. I'm proud of what we do. There is many a day where I'm like, man, should we just go on sabbatical? Like, should we put the show on pause? Because it does, it, it requires, you know, more bandwidth. And sometimes I feel like we have to give, but yeah, I'm glad that we're moving. And if someone would have told me when we started this show that like, we wouldn't be huge by now, I probably wouldn't have believed it. Um, but on the flip side, I'm, I can't believe we're still doing it. I cannot believe like we've stuck with it all this time through just so many things. So I feel good about that. This is probably like the third most consistent thing in my life. <laughs> you know, my my resolution not to eat pork that I've been carrying since probably like 2003. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, being in college for five years, the podcast is like right behind it. Yeah, I would say you you for me, it's probably that I don't drink soda except for ginger ale, black people's medication. I will never give up ginger ale. Because it, it, it cures everything. If I have an upset stomach, that's what I'm taking. But yeah, like. <laughs> Yo, sidebar, she she sipped a little bit of a Coke that I had. By accident. By accident. <laughs> okay, so story, right? <laughs> and I'm only bringing it up because her reaction was hilarious. So I have not had Coke since 2000 five or 2006 right so at the time before i went to law school uh i worked in corporate but then i i left uh, a johnson johnson company earlier to work at a law firm right before i went to law school to kind of get a feel for what it would be like to be in big law and the law firm itself had um basically like a soda fountain a free soda fountain like if you've worked at a law firm a major law firm you know there's so many amenities there because you never leave like you're chained to the place so you have certain perks and one of those perks was literally like a soda machine like you would have at 7-Eleven or whatever. So I drank a lot of Coke during that time. And I was also super tired working as paralegal. But then one day I was like, this is just not good. It's not good for me. It's not good for my skin. And I gave it up. So since then, the only time I have any form of soda is when I'm having <laughs> ginger ale, right? For the stomach's sake or what have you. So it was the other day we had like, I don't even know what day that was. We had takeout. And I had iced tea, um, which I also try not to drink all the time, but I did. That was like my quote unquote treat cheat because I've been like trying to drink a lot of water. But so I had iced tea and you had Coke. Yeah. And the only reason I didn't, they didn't have anything but sodas. Right. And iced that tea. was it. And I didn't trust their iced tea. So, so that's and that's how I, how I ended up with the iced tea because I was like, okay, like. There's no no really healthy option here or whatever. So somehow I ended up giving you the iced tea because it was in just the cups. And I took the Coke and I took a sip of the Coke and like immediately realized, obviously, oh, this is soda. But it was literally like, it it really like flipped something on in my brain where I was like, oh my God, it was that one sip of Coke was the best thing ever. I'm not relapsing. Um, I gave it to you. and was like, oh, I, I sipped this by accident, but it definitely felt like... <laughs> This is why it's best to just quit cold turkey, for sure. It was like uh, Wolf of Wall Street when they stabbed uh, Jordan in the chest. Remember, he was like dying. They stabbed him with the <laughs> adrenaline and he came back to life like, ah, like that's how your face lit up. Like, oh, your man. Your eyes got like mad wide. It was so good. That one sip of Coke was so good. But no, I can't do it. I'm not going back down that road, for sure. Um, We totally digress. But anyway, uh, last thing, an important thing to talk about is the host of fund. Chill. So you guys know we've been at this now for three summers. Last year, we scaled down, adopted 10 families for back to school. This year, we have literally been playing it by ear. Like, what do we do? What do we do? Do we do anything? You know, and and to be perfectly candid, part of it, it wasn't just the the pandemic and COVID, but also just being worn out. Right. And 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 the, the grief process for us has been very real. That's not over. <laughs> I don't know about you. I won't speak for you, but I still feel like I'm going through a process and that I'm a bit depleted in a lot of ways. I think I'm depleted. I f- sometimes I think I forget that it's all of it is uh, that it's a lot of grief. Right. Just a lot of people. Die. I don't think that's always present in the front of my mind, like the amount of people who have died this year, um, even just dad dying, like, you know, you don't talk to somebody every day and, you know, you got the relationship dynamics that we had. It's like out of sight, out of mind. Comes up. But every once in a while, like I'll be looking at something like, yeah, me and dad used to. That's right. He's dead. 
Like, it, and it's crazy. And it just puts you in like a, a, a mood or whatever. But yeah, I think I'm dealing with it, but I'm just dealing with it my own way. Right. Forgetting that it's tied to real things. I'm thinking it's everyday life, but like, no, there's real things that have occurred this year that are traumatic. Yes, absolutely. So when it came down to like the normal time frame to start planning things, I think I was just like, well, it's COVID. We don't know what's going to happen. Just put that on the back burner for now. I think I was bl- blaming it on that. But subconsciously, it was really like, I don't really have the energy for this. I-, I don't know if I have what it takes to really pull this off. So anyway, we sort of waited and waited. And then it was you that was like, I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. I was like, I don't know if we should do this this year. I don't, I don't know if I have it in me. We don't know what's going on with the with the world. And you were the one who was like, nah, we got to keep the momentum going. You retire out when you die out. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but for real, I'm like, we got to do something. You know yeah. What I mean? But, you know, in full transparency, you know, uh, we, we're like, we got to do something. But we're bringing in some community partners, like some other organizations um, to help, you know, further the cause. Because, I mean, again, I think a lot of times, like, you know, we like to people like to operate in silos and independence. And I'm doing all thing. If we're doing something for the empowerment and the betterment of community and other people, why not partner with other people who have resources? And if those resources are time, talent, or treasure, leverage them for your outcome. Everybody wins. Right. But you don't always have to be, you know, the fulcrum point or the back point running the whole show. Um, it's about the end result and what comes out of it. You don't got to be the transmission. This year, we the spark plug. It's the truth. It is the truth. And I mean, I think people were just like, you guys doing it? Like, you know, I'm ready to give. Or a couple of people had sent in money. So we kind of felt like, all right, well, you know, people have come to expect something from us. But to your point, it was like, if we have to drive this ourselves, it's just not happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, if God don't do it, it won't get done. And the, and the words of that lady, I forget that song. That song is a hit. Because I really felt like that. If God doesn't do it this time, it won't get done. But thankfully, um, we we were able to reach out and talk to some, some local leaders who have stepped up. Um, so we committed to 500 backpacks. Those backpacks are here, but we still got to do the school supply thing and some other like PPA, PPE and things that we need. Uh, so we're going for it. It's happening in Asbury Park, New Jersey, August 28th, 2021. And shout out to, uh, Pastor Samaj Van Zant, who's a fraternity brother of yours, uh, who has, has really come in with us and, opened his with open arms and said, how can we help? Uh, So we're making it happen for the kids. We're definitely making it happen. And if you want to learn more about what we got going, if you want to contribute, um, you can always visit uh, www.hosafund.org. That's H-O-S-A-F-U-N-D.org. Or you can text the word HOSA, H-O-S-A, to 202 Eight five eight one two three three. Yes, and if you go, if you guys know us, if you've been following us for a while, you know that we do things in the most legit manner possible. This year is not any different. Uh, we're just not managing all the the moving parts for once. Um, so excited to have some partnership and support, especially after what has been a very difficult year. Uh, but we're excited to to safely give back. Um, Of course, there are different considerations this year, um, but we're happy that we are able to contribute in a very real way uh, and stick to our core mission. You know, we are all about youth enrichment. So uh, we got a lot of notebooks and a lot of pencils and crayons to buy over the course of the next week and a half. So listen, we're asking you to act now. Um, and I know I said previously that you got to do stuff for people with not, with no expectation that they'll do something in return. But if we have ever, we have ever done a favor for you and you said to me, I, if you need anything, I got you. Guess what? I'm calling it in now. I'm calling it in now. Look, <laughs> I ain't never put a cash app in my bio. I ain't never texted. I ain't never asked for no birthday money. All that, all them favors that are accrued up, I'm, I'm asking for it now. You know what I'm saying? What did Jason say? We like the more money that folds instead of the money that jingles, but shoot, we'll take We'll take the money that jingles too. No, really. No, no amount is too small. And <laughs> he said we need the funny. He said we need the money that's folded, not the money that's rolled it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But seriously, it all spends. Um, we're doing we, we are planning 
and preparing for something in like two weeks, which is a project that literally our first year, we spent a year working on it. So as you can imagine, um, it's a lot that has to happen in the next uh, not even 14 days at this point, which is crazy. So yes, if, if you, if you hear this and you're like, I definitely want to be down. How can I help? Um, I, I got some money on it. Please don't wait. Please go ahead and, and make it happen now by texting that number or visiting the website. All the information is there. It's a donate button right on the website. And if you text that number, uh, it'll take you, uh, it'll send you a link in, in response where you can go ahead and donate. As always, we appreciate your your support. Uh, and especially those of, those of you who have been walking through this season with us and walking through this past year um, and offering up your support. We appreciate it. We're still here. The rebranding is still coming. We're, 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 we, re, we are rebuilding the rebranding, um, but we're excited to, to drop that uh, as well. And we are grateful for you, our December 26th community. As always, you know the drill. If you enjoyed it, like, share, subscribe, tell somebody about it. And I just want to say shout out to two very special people, Gene Alert and my boy, Brandon. Brandon Weaver Bay. Yes. All the way down in VA. Always pumping the show, promoting the show, providing feedback to us um, consistently. We appreciate it. We appreciate y'all. I just kind of spoke to Gene the other day in the DMs. I speak to Brandon almost every day, but Gene was on a boat with... uh, <laughs> he was on a boat with Jeff and the rest of the gentleman's factory looking real shiny. I ain't gonna <laughs> lie to you, man. He was on that boat looking good, man. Had the fresh lineup, beer was tight, had the yays on. For your for those of you not in the know, those are Cartier frames. Listen, Gene inspires me <laughs> to live my absolute best life. Life. I, I I've got to say that Gene has really Gene. I want you to know if you're listening, which I'm sure you'll probably hear this episode because you really rock with us hard. You really have inspired me, man. I, I I am upgrading my life in a lot of ways. Not that it was in the gutter before, but Gene is just he's really motivated me to take it to a whole new level. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and and it was so crazy is and his own Gene when I, I when I uh when I complimented him on his sunglasses on it on his glasses he was like oh I got some other frames you ain't even see yet <laughs> that's way better than these just wait yes I said, oh man I gotta get like Gene I'm telling so shouts you. to you Gene yes Gene Gene is goals in in many ways so yes we appreciate our supporters who are always there for us but yes, tell somebody about the show. Tell somebody about the host of fun and the work that we're doing. You know, we came with a video again. So check that out. We always try to be entertaining in our philanthropy. And thank you in advance for your support. Anything else you want to say? Hey, man. I don't know what's going to happen over these next few weeks. We're going to see. Um, but y'all keep the faith, man. And most importantly, protect your peace. Yeah, absolutely. Protect protect your peace. Stay sucker free. We've been saying that now right. for well over a year. It continues. Um, and you know what else to do. Remember to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Take care. Peace. Thank you for listening to the December 26th podcast. I am your host, Delisha. This episode was produced by Demarcus Adisa and music was provided by Thovo. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at December 26er. That's December 26ER.